Abandoned to Mother, the incredible, emotional, and life-changing transformation we take when we go on our journey into motherhood. From all things conception to postpartum and parenthood, I will be talking with parents and hearing their stories of navigating these times while sharing helpful information along the way. Together, we'll be covering all stories, no matter how you have chosen to conceive, birth, or parent. Let's get into it. Hello, listeners. Before we get into today's show, I wanted to have a little chat with you all. I started this community in the peak of my postpartum period, hoping that I could help other mums feel confident on their journey into motherhood. And it's something that I am truly, truly passionate about. I would love to be able to do this full time so I can make it even bigger and better for you all, but I can only do that with your love and support. So it would mean the world to me if you could like and share this podcast with a friend or family member follow me on instagram facebook or tiktok or give my podcast a five-star review to help it get out there and if you're in the market for birth preparation or postpartum products jump onto the website www.thematedtomotherjourney.com and treat yourself to one of the beautiful packs that i have created especially for mums to be or brand new mums these packs will also make the perfect baby shower gift for a friend so you can grab your special discount code which is pod 10 pod 10 and now let's get into the show hello and welcome to the maiden to mother journey i'm kendall your podcast host and today we are speaking with ella ella how are you going i am good thank you how are you I'm very well. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time. I know you've had to do it during nap time. (laughs) (laughs) Always squeezing things in where I can. (laughs) Can you start off by introducing yourself and telling the listeners a little bit about yourself and your family and what it is that you do? Yes. Um, So I am a mum to two children, a nearly two and a half year old. Um, my son and then my daughter who's nearly four. So yeah, I'm a perinatal mental health occupational therapist um, and the services I offer to um, mums who are in their postpartum or deep into their motherhood and also women who are pregnant. Um, I offer yeah that mental health support. So if you're experiencing anxiety, depression, overwhelm, um, trauma as well, um, overstimulation, anger and rage, if you're feeling quite triggered in motherhood or just simply you're just not coping and you're struggling to get through. Um, so I offer you yeah, a really in-depth service of supporting you through your challenges, helping you to overcome them and come out that other side so that you can actually enjoy the experience and yeah, find that that calm, that that happiness that that can exist in motherhood, which I think you know, if you when you are in that experience of mental illness, um, you know, you often think that oh, does it really exist? I'm not sure. Yeah, yep, such important work that you're doing. Do you think that we're seeing more mothers with postpartum and anxiety and depression in society now? I don't actually think, look, I I speak to a lot of my clients and, you know, once they start opening up the conversation with their family, um, because that's, you know, a big big thing that I do with my clients, you know, is getting them that ability to open up and talk and be vulnerable. And once they do start doing that, it's becoming so prevalent that their own mothers, their own fathers have lived through their own experiences 
of mental illness that often started in that postpartum period and it was just never acknowledged they you know that attitude of I've just got to get up and keep going so I don't think it's necessarily that there is more I think what it is is that there is so much more awareness and people are talking about it so much more and it's so much more normalized there's so much work to do to make you know to reduce that stigma and to normalize it even more but I think we're on that pathway to getting there what would be the most common that like what you're seeing? Like, is it more so like anxiety or um, rage or? Yeah, look, I think it's a, a whole, a whole different box of things, to be honest. Um, what I do see commonly, I mean, in the mums that come and see me, it is a mix between anxiety and depression. Mm. Um, and then also that overstimulation and anger and rage. And there's a lot of past trauma as well. And look, I think that's what therapy does. You know, you once you start exploring, things start coming out from your childhood or um, young adulthood experiences, even, you know, birth experiences, um, relationships, things just start coming up and you start kind of um, getting a really good picture of, of you know, what, what's led you to here today. Um so yeah, it's it's honestly a mix. I don't think there's any one specific that I'm seeing more of or less of. It's yeah. Mm. yeah. I, I honestly haven't seen a client come to me with just one yeah. single concern. It's once you start, you kind of just start unlocking all these different areas that are coming up for them. Yeah. Yep. So can you tell us what is postpartum anxiety and depression? Yes. Um, so really, really great question. And something I think definitely needs to be spoken about so, so much more. Um, when we speak about postpartum, you know, we speak about that being that first 12 months after mm. giving birth. But I think, you know, it really does when it comes to mental illness, I, I think it extends well and truly beyond this. And I think closing off that label to a time frame can be really impactful. So I'm going to here use it interchangeably and refer like postpartum anxiety and depression with that motherhood and anxiety depression as well, yeah. which I'd say extends beyond that first 12 months. Um, when it comes to anxiety, I think, you know, and even depression, it's so hard when you're living in the experience to know, is this normal per se? Um, or is there something wrong with me? What have I done wrong? You know, is this meant to be so hard? Why didn't anyone warn me it would be this difficult? Where am I going wrong? Um, do I need help? Will I be judged for getting help? Um, and I truly believe that if any of those questions alone are coming up for you, it's that time to seek support, um, to reach out to someone. And so often, you know, when clients are experiencing any kind of mental illness, you know, depression or anxiety or both together, um, they fear seeking that support. They're living with so many of those questions or thoughts coming up each and every day, but they don't have the answer to them. And so often the idea of mental illness is not even considered or the fear that they'd be deemed unfit if they reach out for help. Um, and that's where that normalisation and destigmatization of mental illness is so important. Mm. Um, but let's, you know, in terms of anxiety, as a new mother or parent entering um, even new stages such as toddlerhood, it's, it is expected that there's going to be some level of worry. But I think in that statement alone, you know, where do you draw that line? Yeah. And this goes back to exactly what I was saying, you know, when you're living it, it's hard to take that bird's eye view and know that this is normal worry or is this something more critical that needs support? 
Um, if we go, you know, off the overall conversation of postpartum anxiety, you know, they're saying, you know, that, that the worry becomes all-consuming. You see those irrational fears or excessive worrying coming up about things or events that are unlikely. Uh, you might see very specific or vague worry, or you could even see a sense of or feel a sense of danger. And then we've got postpartum depression, which is different in that you might experience excessive sadness or crying, feeling like you can't take care of yourself or your baby. So I kind of see it as anxiety is the worry and then depression is more the sadness. Mm. But then so, so many of the symptoms actually overlap, like disrupted sleep, heart palpitations, feeling fear, um, anger or rage even. So that, you know, the anxiety is that excessive or extreme worry that feels like it doesn't stop and it interferes with your ability to be able to calm yourself and can be really associated with feeling constantly on edge, which is where that's where I often see mums come in with that irritability, the anger, the rage um, that's showing up for them, even overstimulation as well. Um, So I find with clients that I see so often symptoms are actually dismissed as this is just motherhood. Mm. Um, So you've got, you know, that exhaustion, lack of time for self, pressure and so on. But when I sit with them and really explore what is coming up, it's so evident that it's, it is so much more than just being motherhood. Um, and maybe if I use an example, you know, if I look at my own example, um, in my experience of both postpartum depression and anxiety, it was, you know, a complete loss of appetite. Literally, I'd wake up and I would have a coffee and eat dinner and that was it. Mm. And, you know, so many mums might refer that to, oh, I just don't have time. You know, I'm so busy looking after my kids. I just don't have time to eat or don't have time to drink water. Um, you know, feeling constant exhaustion. And it didn't matter how much sleep I had. My kids were sleeping through the night. Mm. But still, I could not shake the exhaustion. Um, even, you know, this severe irritation and on edge all the time. Um, and, you know, that's something I had quite severe anger and rage. I wanted to escape control every little thing to do with the home or kids i'd blame myself every little thing that would go wrong or could potentially happen even when it hadn't even happened yet um so that's kind of just a few little examples but you know every single person's experience is so different and i think you know if you're having these thoughts in your mind as i said earlier you know am i you know am i a bad mom or you know should it be this hard that's when it's time to seek that support yeah okay so like my next question on that, and like I'll yeah. tell a little bit about about my own story. When when I had had my son, it was like height of COVID lockdown. He was um, born with a condition called pyloric stenosis, which we couldn't figure out for a few weeks. He was very sick. He had to have a surgery at three weeks old. I'd finally got home after a hectic time, and and I, I had severe postpartum anxiety. Now looking back, but that was like I'm talking like I could not let even anyone other than my husband hold him without watching them like a hawk or like just the most random shit. Like I'd get scared of driving over a bridge because I was like, how am I going to get him out of the car and me out of the car if we drive into water or like just crazy like consuming thoughts. But and I was I really felt quite anxious, like physically even, even in my chest a lot throughout the day. Um, 
and you know even just getting him in the car was just I just I really didn't go out much for for about eight weeks but it, it was that first initial period where in the in the moment I felt like I was just a new mum and it was shit was hard and like you know, I didn't really know or put a label on that feeling. And looking back at it, I would say that, yes, that was postpartum anxiety, but it did subside. Like it did, you know, a couple months in, I found my groove, that anxiety went away. And I just, I felt so much better and more confident in motherhood. So at what point, and and I know a lot of women relate to that story, like firstly being, especially being a brand new mum. at what point does somebody actually seek help? I think, you know, in your experience alone, you know, that that's such a traumatic experience in itself, you know, with your son and, and finding out that he's had, you know, this sickness and it's taken three weeks to get there and then, you know, you'll go home and you're kind of expected just to, you know, oh, well, take this baby home and keep going. Mm. You know, that that is so, so stressful. Um, but certainly, you know, once once the um, those thoughts or those worries or the sadness um, or the emotions and feelings that are coming up when they start impacting your everyday, you know your your daily functioning, your ability to be a mum, to be a woman, to you know get up and and get yourself together, to go out, to do things. That is when it's time to seek support. Um, you know, there's definitely the continuum is so so big, and I think that's you know it's really difficult. You know, there might be some a situation that has caused um or you know triggered that that coming up for you but certainly you know seeking that support is really really helpful um and it can be life-changing um you know it it, mental illness um in that postpartum period it doesn't just go away you know seeking that support is so so important um and I think you know it's definitely it it's hard to know now you know looking back yes the symptoms all kind of sound like that anxiety experience but you know seeking that help can really just help to get to move it along quicker as well yeah do you think um from what you've seen do you think what happens in a woman's birth directly affects their postpartum period it's a really tough one I certainly do think so um I know from my experience definitely um it did and from the experiences that um, directly relate to the parents or the mums that I see, yes, it certainly can. But then it also doesn't. You know, I think that some parents have the most beautiful birth experience and still they enter motherhood and they are just hit so hard with all these feelings and emotions. But then, you know, you have some who have quite traumatic experiences and that support's not there to process it, mm. um, you know, and, and I think that that certainly can have a large impact and that's just going off my experience with my clients that I see. Um, but also, you know, I I think it's really difficult to say that that has been the, the trigger that's kind of led to it. I think there is so much that is involved in it that it's hard to put the finger on one thing. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like how I even just shared my experience, I had a very empowering and beautiful birth and my postpartum uh, experience absolutely rocked me. Um, And that's really like, it's really, really hard because you just, and and I think that's, you know, that's where it just shows 
you just never know what you're going to get. It doesn't matter how much prep you do beforehand. You know, it doesn't matter what that experience is like. You just have no, yeah, no idea what could come. So that mm-hmm. awareness is just so important of, you know, w- what is that normal versus, you know, maybe it's time to get that help. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a few more questions about um, postpartum stuff and then we'll move on to like motherhood um, things. But yeah, one question from um, one of the listeners was actually uh, asking about postpartum anxiety and depression in men and how to recognize and support them going through that when you yourself, you know, are a new mum and trying to, um, I guess, figure out motherhood. That's a really, really tough one. Um, and so many of the clients that I see, you know, you when you start talking to them, or when I start talking to them, I can really start hearing that there there are things coming up for their partners Mm. um and I think look it does it's taking that step back and it's really hard when you are already experiencing struggles yourself and if you can't see it even within yourself it's difficult to see it in them but you know things can come out of that that irritability or you know disconnection from each other um there's so many different ways that it can present and, you know, it's even similar to how it would come out in, in, a, in a woman, um, you know, potential exhaustion, not coping, struggling with day-to-day functioning um, as well, overall sadness even. So it is really, really hard, the recognising of it, but, um, yeah, supporting them through it when you're, you yourself aren't at your best that's hard because it's also coming back to the, the you know, how do you be there in the best way to, for your children when you aren't at your best? Mm. And I think the big step forward is actually seeking support for you because you can't be there for somebody else to support them through that yeah. unless you're in that space where you're feeling really good. Um, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing and I don't think that really answers it to be honest but it it does it does essentially like if you're seeing something happening with yourself and your partner it's probably best that you both seek help yeah yeah and that's something that I think you know it's a really especially in men it's something that needs to be spoken about a lot more um because they don't they don't open up about it and you know even even exploring your own concerns sometimes they they still they don't see it within themselves and that's the same from others you know you you so many deny themselves of what they're experiencing mm. because they just don't realize. They just have no idea that that's actually what's going on. So opening up, you know, I guess with your partner, having those conversations, talking about how you're feeling, creating that space where you can be open and vulnerable. Um, and that's something that I really speak about with my clients is how important vulnerability is because, you know, going and and opening up, about what you're experiencing actually opens up those gates for somebody else to know, you know what, I can talk about this. Yeah. Someone else is going through it and, you know what, I feel that too. Um, so, yeah, I think vulnerability is definitely in, in relationships a big one. Um, when you're already going through so many changes, you know, relationships can definitely be put on the wayside and be impacted quite significantly. So opening up those those gates, you know, to communicate and be vulnerable is really, really important. 
Mm. And one of the listeners has asked um, a recommended time frame. Um, ooh, what's it? Recommended time frame for a partner to have off work um, if you have limited support. What What would be your recommendation on that? As long as they possibly can have off. <laughs> um, look, I, in my own experience, I didn't have any um, support in my postpartum period from my husband. He had to work while I was even in hospital um, after my two. So I don't, I don't a hundred percent know myself from that experience, but in what I've seen, the longer the period they can have off, the, the better. And, you know, especially once you start getting to more than one child as well, you know, it's so helpful to have that support there. Um, and that extra pair of hands, but, you know, even when we're talking about C-sections and, you know, recovering from birth, being able to actually know that it's okay to not get up and, and clean the house or not get up and go and do the groceries, be able to stay home, to have someone there to support supporting through those night times as well. You know, I think that that there's such huge helps in that postpartum period and they can they can definitely impact, you know, in terms of mental health that reducing those symptoms and helping you to to feel supported and guided along that way going through it together rather than feeling like you're in it alone mm-hmm. during that period. Mm. And you were talking before about like motherhood postpartum anxiety and depression. So yeah. is that like is that something that may obviously develop a little bit down the line when say the kids are a little bit older yeah look there's no specific name to it I think yeah you know it's kind of just called anxiety and depression really um but I certainly refer to it as motherhood anxiety and depression because I think you know once you hit that after that 12 months there are a whole new bag of challenges that you come into you know toddlerhood is so hard and it's so exhausting and you know once you hit there you know I see so many mums that's where that those symptoms of irritability really really start to come out and it's not just overall it starts you know you start seeing it because you're getting those interactions back from your child as well um and yeah I think it is a really big big space that does need a lot of focus in that after that postpartum period as well you know it's not just okay I've hit that 12 months I'm over that period where I could get um, signs of mental illness coming up, it's really important to recognise that there is any period where it can come up, where those signs and symptoms can show up and impact your experience. Um, so, yeah, I think definitely, you know, the wording around that, 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 that it just being in that first 12 months can be, can really close mums off to thinking, oh, I'm out of this period, you know, yeah. and that's the same as that, you know, it's often even said, you know, previously that, you know, postpartum anxiety and depression or, or the baby blues, you know, once you hit that first few weeks or that first six weeks, you're all good. Yeah, yeah. You know? you're, you're good again now. It's six weeks. Yeah. You should yeah, be over not, it. Yeah, exactly. You're not going to get it. You know, you're not going to, as if it's, you know, a disease that you're going to catch. Mm. But it's not, you know, there's just so much more to it than that. And it's so, it's so, so deep. So I think just having though that awareness that it can come up at any point. Mm. So I'm actually going to pull you back to the um, frustrations with toddlers um, and yeah. rage and that coming out there because I'm selfishly <laughs> going up <laughs> for myself. 
<laughs> Go ahead. Because I am right there with over 20-month-old and he pushes my damn buttons and just sends me into a rage that I really, <laughs> really, uh, really struggle with. It's actually been a big struggle. Even my husband's been like, are you okay? You know, he sends you very quickly. And I'm quite open with everything to do with motherhood, obviously. I started this podcast for a reason. And I'm yeah. quite happy to talk about this. And I've mentioned it to so many women in my life recently. And every single one of them have said the exact same thing. I agree with you. I feel it. I get rage. I can't. He overwhelms me. I go from zero to a hundred, and because a lot of the women I speak to have either like babies or toddlers. What are some things that like w- once again? When does some someone speak seek re- uh, support for this, or what are some like coping tools that we use for this? Yeah. Um. So. So many don't seek support for that at all. Um, and I do want to really highlight that. Like there are so many mothers experiencing it. It's not spoken about anywhere near enough because you feel so much shame for your experience of, you know, wh- whatever comes out in those moments of, you know, feeling that overwhelming anger and rage. You feel so guilty and so shameful for behaving in that manner um and I think you know it's it's you know something that we need to really break down and normalize and and know that so many are going through it but also really important to say you know seeking help is really really critical to move forward um and you know that's something that I actually just did a um a free webinar for all of my followers on was around triggers overstimulation and anger and rage in motherhood and how you know, things do get really, really messy, especially once you hit that that toddler stage and, you know, onwards, it really does. And it certainly can show up in those early stages, you know, around, you know, when you're seeing um, or having your baby crying um, nonstop, that, that whining, crying, the not sleeping, you'll often see little little moments there where you're feeling triggered or you're feeling overstimulated or can't cope and it comes out as, you know, frustration. Um, but then definitely, you know, once that toddler period hits, you know, triggers triggers, and I think anger and rage and overstimulation, they're all kind of compi- combined into that one term of being triggers. Um, but I do want to be really clear that they are actually all very different. So that's often what's going on. You know, you've got um, overstimulation where your senses are just, there's just so much coming in and your body and your mind and your all of your systems they can't cope with it and that's where you'll see anger and rage coming out um then the actual you know how we you know refer to rage and anger in motherhood that's stemming from feeling out of control so you know this persistent chronic feeling that just lingers under the surface where you feel on edge you're prone to snapping at anything screaming or yelling um and everyday things can just absolutely turn into a trigger for you um everything feels not so little and that can even be you know your kid not putting their shoes on or not sitting there while you're changing them um you know there's so many different things and then when i we talk about triggers um specifically being triggers that goes back to um traumatic memories and it's your brain you know it's encoded these traumatic memories and your body has this record of threatening experience from your past so 
to try and avoid the future harm, your brain actually connects the fight or flight response. So when you've got a trauma reminder, so for example, in a certain environment when something comes up, your mind goes into that fight or flight experience again and that's where you start seeing those symptoms come out. So it is actually when we're talking about anger and rage in motherhood, there is so much more that is um, a lot deeper to it and needs to be broken down to actually identify where the root cause is coming from. Mm. Um, But then when we talk about coping skills, you know, a big one is self-awareness. You know, and I think that that is definitely the key to a lot, a lot of mental illness, even when when we're talking about anxiety and depression, it is having that self-awareness. It's being able to step back. It's being able to connect with your emotion it's being able to sit in the feelings that are coming up. It's being able to have strategies in the moment and out of the moment that can support you to be able to move through it and, um, I guess, regulate your your emotions and your experience so that it doesn't come out as that that yelling or that that grabbing or the pushing or whatever it might be that's coming up for that that mum. Um, it's having those those tools, and you know those tools for mothers that I work with. They they can look all the way from deep breathing to meditation to you know having booked in time for themselves, having showers, even having that that release of pressure from household tasks. So there's so much that goes into it in terms of the coping skills. It's not just you know a one size fits all. It works so so differently for for each mum that I work with. Um, and the way we even break it down, you know, there, there's certain models that we look at and to break down what's actually going on right in that moment, um, acknowledging what your, your trigger signature is, what's actually, what are all those signs and symptoms that are coming up immediately before you have that heightened moment, which I call the trigger moment, which is where that behavior comes out. And then what happens afterwards? What's actually reinforcing the behavior to happen again or what is stopping it from happening again so there's so much and it's really it is actually really hard you know on a short podcast to go into the actual you know specific coping skills but there is so many and you don't have to like you honestly you don't have to live your motherhood feeling anger and rage that's not that's not motherhood that's not enjoyable that is damn hard exhausting work and it's painful Mm. it really really is I know in my own experience you know my anger and rage was so severe um I would throw things down the hallway I would scream you know it was horrible looking back on how I behaved I, I just can't believe that that was me yeah at all um but you know doing that work and actually building those skills looking really really deep is so beneficial to move forwards Mm, and I mean it is quite a common thing like what I just mentioned before that you know these feelings were coming up for me and similarly like similar to you like some of the ways I yelled at like my 20 month old son like you know that just awful and like some of the and most if not all of the women I'm speaking to are experiencing the same thing you know um, yeah. it's quite it's it's quite common. So yeah, okay. So someone has decided that they need some help. What do we do? What's the process? Well, first of all, I want to say somebody who's decided that they need help, 
that is like a massive cheerleader moment right there. Like amazing. That is such, takes such courage and strength to come to that realization that it's time to seek help. Um, and yeah, I think first of all is jumping on the internet or going to your GP and letting them know, you know, this is what I'm experiencing and not having, you know, it's hard to say don't have that fear, but knowing within yourself that, you know what, it's actually okay. The fact that you're standing there and you're acknowledging that it's time to seek help, that is huge. Um, so, yeah, going to a GP, that is an amazing start. Um, going to um, COPE, um, which is online, there's a Centre of Perinatal Excellence. They have an e-directory and you can look up supports, whether that be in your local area or if you just want to do it by telehealth. Um, and my service is all telehealth. Um, so there are services out there that you don't even have to leave your home. So it's so flexible. Um, panda.org, giving them a call. Um, so yeah, those three are probably the main places you should start with. Um, and then, you know, here in Australia, we have such, you know, there's definitely so much more that could be done, but we've got access to mental health plans. So by seeing a GP, you can get a mental health plan, which gives you, subsidies from medicare for therapy sessions um and that's both individual and group therapy sessions and yeah that's a massive massive help um for people who you know are potentially struggling with finances or you know so many and this was for myself i didn't want to invest in myself i felt like i was wasting money by going and getting help that mm. it shouldn't be spent on me it should be spent on my kids yeah um so yeah just recognizing as well you know that investing in yourself it's such it's so important and it is the best thing that you can actually do for your children is by seeking that help yeah amazing and what about if a woman chooses to engage in your services what 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 would be the process that you take them through yes um so my specific services um i have kind of two streams of services so i've got my individual therapy and then I've got group um, programs and first up is jumping on a call with them finding out what's actually going on what they're and that's a free call that I do um, you know jumping on and seeing where they're at what challenges are coming up for them what they're feeling um, you know seeing you know what what is it at the moment that, that you want to see for yourself looking at that actual vision of how they want to see their motherhood and then it's chatting about what those different options are. So whether, you know, for them personally, whether it's doing that individual therapy um, where we see each other either weekly or fortnightly and start really getting deep into the challenges, building their skills, looking at really what's happening in their reality and personalising support for them. Um, so there's that individual option and then I have a group therapy option which we're just about to kick off another program round which is a four-month program um, and it is going through everything looking at your vision for your motherhood it's getting really deep on your foundations looking at vulnerability having you know those learning about boundaries and limits and and how to communicating it how to communicate it and actually communicating it um it is, you know, building up your toolbox so that for all those in the moment and out of the moment challenges that come up for you, you have tools set up so well and integrated into your life 
that you can overcome and you've got the resilience to push through all of those challenges. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the two two different streams that I have. And I think, you know, just amongst that, you know, it's just reminding moms that, you know, you don't have you don't have to live a motherhood where it's painful, where it's exhausting, where it's it's challenging because it can be beautiful and it can be calm and you can feel that connection and feel present. But, yeah, I think we've got so much pressure and, and, and feeling so many expectations that it's really hard to feel that we can get there, but it is possible. So um, you mentioned before you had your own journey with um postpartum rage what did what were you because obviously you're in this space what did you do to help get you through it it took me a long time um so I I'm trying to think exactly it's all very hazy as you know somebody who does go through perinatal (laughs) mental illness it's a big haze over their their journey um and it's probably you know for me in the last eight to 12 months where I've actually now have really beautiful memories but for me I um with the anger and rage it was seeking therapy and I still I I I love my therapy sessions they're my space to get things out um and it took a lot of self-awareness a lot of stepping back and actually connecting what was going on for me what was underlying it and releasing myself from the pressure learning to be that good enough parent not holding myself up to this silly expectation of being this perfect mother all the time the perfect house the perfect wife the perfect everything um and it was really connecting with that and it's just been life-changing seeking that support has it's turned my motherhood around I honestly never thought that I would find motherhood beautiful after I entered motherhood and I had such a an awful traumatic experience of mental illness. I honestly never thought it was true. I thought everyone had lied to me mm. about what motherhood could be, but now I'm actually living it and I know it's true. Um, and I think that's probably where, you know, it really comes into the support that I provide that I have been there. I, I know how damn horrible it can be being in that mm. space. But yeah. to come out that other side, you know, it's so, so beautiful, but it does take seeking support. Um, and I think, you know, with a perinatal, doing that with somebody who is in that perinatal space who works specifically with mothers is so important because, you know, even in my own experience, mental illness in that period of time in motherhood is so different from any other period of time in your life. 1, so that's really, yeah, so that really specific support who knows how to work with mums, what to do actually can you know even has that lived experience I think is such a huge beneficial um support as well because they they can relate they know what you're going through they know how hard it is yeah yep I agree 100 percent um with that like it would be hard to go and see just any sort of psychologist um that doesn't like specifically work in that space and and I hopefully it you know, over the next few years, we we get some more health professionals in the area because I, I do think it's sort of it's desperately needed for sure. Oh, definitely, definitely. Mm, I really want all of my listeners to feel confident and happy in motherhood. So, your advice is very much so appreciated. If you, so, if you could give one piece of advice 
to a mother who's listening to this podcast and really resonating with the things you say, what would it be? One piece of advice. (laughs) (laughs) It's always really hard because we always have so much advice. (laughs) I think it is just, you know what, if you're questioning anything, just ask. Mm. don't fear asking you know you are an amazing mum. you are doing the absolute best that you can you cannot do better than what you're doing and asking even just the questions is this normal or should I be doing something about this you know even you know my inbox is always open I and that is what I guess I pride my services on it is a safe space for you to reach out there are no limits to what you can share with me I I get it completely how hard the experience of mental illness can be. Um, So, yeah, definitely the advice is reaching out, asking the questions and knowing that even though you go and reach out and ask, there's no pressure then to go and actually sign up for a service or to to actually connect and, you know, that's where I'm going to go and get therapy or whatever it might be. But it's just asking the questions and it's Mm. knowing that you've got that safe space to to reach out to so you know even if that's your gp whatever whoever it might be asking the questions talking about it because once you start talking about it it starts to make you realize if i do you know do i need support or is this okay yeah amazing advice well ella from mind over mama thank you so much for coming on and sharing that information with us. I think the listeners are going to get a lot out of this episode. We've had a lot of women writing in, um, asking about it. So thank you so much for sharing all of the information that you've got with us. No, thank you for having me. I, um, I feel so honored to have been invited on and, um, yeah, I look forward to, to hearing you know, if, if there's any mums who have any questions or anything, I, I very much look forward to hearing, yeah, what they've got. What a beautiful episode. That episode has been a long time coming. I hope that you got a lot out of this episode and I will link all of the services that Ella talked about in the show and on the Instagram. And I will also tag her Instagram over on the show announcement on Instagram or Facebook if you want to connect with Ella over at Mind Over Mama. Thank you so much, Ella, for coming on the show. That was one of my favorite episodes. Thank you for listening and we'll see you guys next time on the show. The information and opinions presented in this podcast are for educational and entertainment purposes only. While I may discuss pregnancy, birth and postpartum topics, I'm not a medical professional and the information provided should not be construed as medical advice. I strongly encourage my listeners to consult with their own healthcare provider before making any changes in your pregnancy and birth journey based on the information you hear on this podcast or elsewhere. Remember, the information provided in this podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you have any health concerns or questions, please seek the guidance of a licensed medical professional. Thanks for listening. Remember, Mama, you're everything that your baby needs, and you're doing an amazing job. Mm